Blog Talk Radio. I hear a lot of talk about old-time great fighters. I hear people say that Joe Lewis, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, Jim Jeffries, and all of them would have annihilated the likes of myself, Muhammad Ali. After watching these films, watching their opponents, watching their styles, watching how they fought, watching the footwork and their speed, it may come as a shock to you, but I say that I would have beat every heavyweight that ever lived before me. Joe's gonna come out smoking, and I ain't gonna be joking. I'll be pecking and a-poking, pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. I'm knocking out all bones. And if you get too small, I'll knock you out. Tell him, I mean, everybody follows me, I'm so great. He will go in eight to prove that I am great. And if he want to go to heaven, I'll get him in seven. He'll be in the worst of fix if I cut it to six. And if he keeps talking jive, I'll cut it to five. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, hold it. You're not that great. I'm a bad man. I don't want some old stuff, man, just now, and uh, got to see uh, GSP take out Matt Hughes to win the interim just before he went in there and uh, crushed Matt Sarah. and uh, man, I got to be honest with you, you know, I thought I didn't really miss GSP, but I kind of miss him, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing him again. Armbar win in that, that fight against Matt Hughes? How we, yeah, we got that done on that. that the arbor where yeah. Matt Hughes verbally tapped. That, I mean, that was just pure control beating Matt Hughes at his own. I mean, it was just. I mean, you just saw the improvement. That that was when you really saw how he just changed his game up to where, you know, I'll beat you at your own game. And uh, it, you know, I, I kind of missed the guy, man. I got to say, you know, he didn't have too many finishes uh, once he got his once he won the belt, but. Uh, I guess he just didn't take as many risks or whatever it may be, but um, 
you know, I you know I missed the guy. He was fun to watch fight. He was he was very, he was very technical. You know, a lot of people would say that he played it safe while he was the champ, but you know, I mean, at what point did he? At what point is that kind of just overblown? I mean, you know, you're fighting guys like Tiago Alves. Well, he stood and. He, he he wrestled a little bit in that fight, but he stood and yeah. struck with a guy who was supposed to be a better striker. He fought yeah. um, he fought uh, um, John Fitch, out wrestled him, yeah. out wrestled the wrestler, and out struck him. Yeah. Um, he fought Josh Koscheck, out wrestled the wrestler, and out struck him. And I mean so. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people saying that, oh, well, he was just a, you know, he never went for finishes and blah, blah, blah. But really when you – He fought some tough guys. He fought some tough guys and some guys that weren't just – Durable guys. Easy to finish. Exactly. Exactly. I remember when he fought uh, Dan the Outlaw Hardy, who I really loved to watch fight. And uh, he – I mean, I think he had Dan – I think he had Dan Hardy's arm – wrapped up behind his back at one point, and Dan Hardy would not tap. I thought his arm was going to come off. Dan, you know, so, I mean, it's uh, it's not like he never tried. It's not like he never tried. Yeah, I mean, I remember him saying, saying that, you know, it's not that he doesn't look to finish. If the opportunity's there, he, he goes for it. If it's not, he sticks to his game plan. He's a very – he was a very – is, was a very disciplined fighter. And yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't, I don't think you can, I don't think you should hold that. I don't think people should hold that against him. I mean, I no. never thought he was a boring fighter. No, not at all, not at all. There, you know, of course, you have a couple of boring fights, but you know, who didn't? Right? Anderson Silva had boring fights too. You know, yeah. And sometimes, Definitely. sometimes the opponent always doesn't make you an exciting fighter, right? So you can only do what you can do. Yeah, without question. And, you know, a guy like George St. Pierre, um, pound for pound, in my opinion, therefore, while was the best, even though most polls had Anderson Silva, or even, way, you know, way back then, there was still Fedor, Fedor Emelian Anenko was on the, uh, was right. on the list. Um, That's right. But this guy fought, in my opinion, guys, you know, Josh Koscheck, John Fitch, you know, in my opinion, had there not ever been a George St. Pierre, John Fitch and Josh Koscheck probably would have got a hold of that belt at one point or another. Yeah, or maybe even BJ Penn. BJ Penn might have got it. You know, I mean, it's uh, or Matt Hughes might have won it again. You, yeah. You never know. You just never know. So speaking of Fedor Emelianenko, no, for those that don't know, he's making his quote unquote UFC broadcast debut as uh the show that he's gonna be fighting for Fabio Maldonado is gonna air on Spotify. Oh, that is awesome. You know what? I think I'm gonna get so, fight pass just for that fight. Oh Fabio Maldonado knocks him out. It's probably not gonna happen, but I hope that he does, man. I just you know what I mean? They should have brought Fedor back to fight Mark Hunt or to fight Brock Lesnar. I, I would have been interested in that. 
you know, but geez, man. Not not to hold me against Fabio Maldonado, but, you know, I mean, I guess if you're Fedor Emelianenko, I mean, at least fight somebody, you know, you're supposed to be the greatest. Fight somebody in the top ten. Is Fabio Maldonado even top ten? How about fight somebody in your weight division? I mean, last I checked, Maldonado was a 205-pounder. Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe Fedor's going to cut weight. Uh, no. I doubt no. it. But maybe he's going to cut weight. Doubtful. Highly unlikely. So is it a catch weight fight? No, it's just a heavyweight fight. Cut and come in no, he's at, not going to cut. Uh, at, at barely a heavyweight. He's just not going to cut. Well, yeah. Malmo's a pretty big guy. He probably makes... Yeah, he's probably around 215 <laughs> range. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Sure, won't have a problem making two Maldonado, <laughs> um, man, I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, the fight doesn't interest me at all. It doesn't interest me at all. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to get into was something that. Uh, kind of on my mind, and of course, so so and we didn't get we didn't get to the flash shows. We have so much to cover with uh, UFC 199. But one of the big stories coming out of UFC 199 was not even fighter related; it was media related, and that was that Ariel Helwani was banned by Dana White from the UFC, and. Uh, for the reason that he broke the Conor McGregor Diaz rematch and Brock Lesnar returned before the UFC got an opportunity to do that. Um, so did I think that the ban was harsh? Of course, we know now it was lifted, blah, 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 whatever. At the time that I think the ban was harsh, yes, it was harsh. Um, but I, I had the opportunity to watch... Um, the MMA Hour with uh, Ariel Hawani, which I never watched, but I watched it just because right. he said he was going to, um, you know, share his side of the story or whatever. But so anyway, so I'm watching it, and it's two hours of, of Ariel basically fighting back tears, uh, talking like his career is over, and he doesn't even know if he's going to continue covering the sport and, and you know, and in one breath he's saying he's not sure if he's going to continue covering the sport, and then another breath he's saying that he's going to, you know, the MMA hour is going to continue. And 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 as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, this is absolutely ridiculous. All they did <laughs> was pull his credential and tell him yeah. that he can't come to the live shows and sit in the special media seat. And you're right. acting like your career is over. I mean, give me right. a break. Ariel Hawani has an uncanny way of saying that it's not about him, but then making it all about him. And, that um, is true. You know, and I respect what he's done. You know, his and I told you this in a text. You know, his first fight, his first credentialed fight, was only like two or three shows before the first time I ever got credentialed for a UFC fight. So, right. You know, he, he's. He, I mean, he's been covering MMA a lot longer. But, you know, this guy, to me, and I've said it before, nobody has done more with less 
than Ariel Hawani. And credit to him. But for him to sit there and act like, you know, his career is over just because he can't get a just because he can't sit cage side anymore, or just because he can't right. he's not getting a check from the UFC. Give me a break, dude. I mean, come on, man. You're better than that. But you know, the outrage from other members of the media, um, guys with real clout like Kevin Ioli, and you know, other guys, MMA junkie and whatnot. Uh, the UFC quickly realized that they made a huge mistake and reinstated MMAfighting.com and, and Ariel. So, yeah, it, I mean, let's face it, I mean, that's his backing, right? I mean, if it wasn't it, if it wasn't for him getting to you know, you know, be out there, cover UFCs, you know, do the fighter interviews, you know, do the spots on Fox and things like that. You know, would he be where he is if they hadn't gave him the push? Right? I mean, he'd probably still have a show. He'd probably still do what he does, and, you know, whatever else. But, I mean, I, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think he'd be where he is, you know. And uh, so maybe that's why he was, you know, he's pretty down on himself to say, ah, my career's over. But the truth is, you're right. I mean, he's just not getting to sit cage side. It's not like he can't watch a fight, right? But he wa- but he wouldn't be on Fox anymore, and he wouldn't be, you know, he wouldn't be on, the, you know, the UFC tonight. He wouldn't be making that spot anymore, and you know, those, you know, things like that. So that's, uh, you know, I, he's probably he probably played it out to be make it a little bit more, you know, make it a little over dramatic. But you know, Ariel Helwan, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and you know the thing about it is, he—he's, uh, you know, I—I I don't know. I, I just this to, to me when I when I watch him, and he's a he's a he's a good interviewer, and he does have sources, and he does break news, and he is good at that. But you know, let, let's not let's not act like this guy's an actual real member of the media. I mean, he is now, but. He was he was getting a check from the UFC. I mean, you know, so when you're getting a check from the UFC, um, I, I don't care how much you tell me that you're unbiased, you're not. You're not. They're they're, they're paying you. Right. So that that Absolutely. takes you're 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 not biased. You you're you are not unbiased. That's what I'm saying that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Most most of his you know his you know his you know his growth. And you know, being what he is, you know, comes from that organization, and he knows if I lose that organization, not only does he not get to sit cage side, but he doesn't get to do the little, you know, the interviews and you know all, you know, his little, you know, fighter versus writer bid on UFC tonight and all that stuff. He doesn't get to do any of those things either, you know. So he doesn't get to do any of the Fox coverage stuff either. That's uh, so you know he he re- he really because he doesn't have that without the UFC. Yeah, so boohoo! Now he's got to cover Bellator. I mean, and, and and believe me, Bellator needs the extra coverage, and they would love to have a guy like Ariel Hawani taking them seriously. Oh sure, with his platform. So I mean, it's not like you know I don't know. It, it was just. I just thought it was funny. I mean, 
Yeah, it, it's a little much, but, you know, that's Ariel Helwani for you. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. So, so then the other big news that we just hit on real briefly, and that was uh, the return of Brock Lesnar. We now know that he's going to fight Mark Hunt, and, um, you know, a lot of people that don't know mixed martial arts very well, you know, I listen to, I listen to some other podcasts, um, wrestling-related podcasts. I don't listen to MMA podcasts because I really don't care what other people's opinions are, but I do listen to wrestling, and, um, and you know, the, the guys that don't have any idea, don't know anything about Mark Hunt, think that Brock Lesnar is just yeah. going to roll this guy. And right, man, I tell you what, this is a dangerous fight for Brock Lesnar. This is, this is, you wanted to get back in the cage and jump into the fire. Well, guess what? You just did that. Right. Yeah. I don't understand uh, why people are like, ah, you know, he's coming back to fight some dude named Mark Hunt. Look, if you're watching the mixed martial arts, if you've ever seen K1 and watched kickboxing, combat sports outside of boxing, just in general, you know who Mark Hunt is. You know the guy can get kicked upside the head, look at you and laugh, keep coming forward. The guy's got the one hitter quitter, right? His last fight, he hit Frank Mir. Frank Mir didn't know where he was. And uh, Mark Hunt, I'm sorry, is the only guy I've ever seen knock somebody out and just know that they're in such bad trouble that he walks away. That man knocks people out and walks away. Like, I know you're not getting up. That's why I walk away. It's 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 uh, it's just the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've I've yet to see somebody he's knocked out get up and you know start chasing them again because they can't. And uh, you know from what I remember from what I remember about Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar did not like to get hit. No, he didn't. And so that's going to be the question. Nothing's changed. That's how Cain Velasquez I, I mean, beat him. Yeah. He didn't like to get hit then. My guess is he didn't go back to WWE and all of a sudden decide that getting hit no longer bothers him. Not that it doesn't. Not that it doesn't bother anybody who gets hit. But I mean, you know, there's there's a difference between being able to take a few punches and and not lose your composure to where the moment that you start getting tagged, it's like. You know, and, and and what they'll tell us is they'll tell us that Brock wasn't 100%, that he had diverticulitis, and and all of that's true. But I don't know that that has anything to do with your reaction to getting punched in the face. Right, right. I mean, even before that, he wasn't. You know, I don't know. He didn't like getting hit from the get go. He never liked getting hit in the face. You know. Don't get me wrong, Brock Lesnar's an animal. He's tough. He's an amazing athlete, legitimate wrestler, good at what he does. But, you know, he didn't like getting hit, um, and that's what Mark Hunt does best, right? So we know where it's going to go with Mark Hunt. I'd be surprised if he stands and he punches with Mark Hunt. But uh, I do think Mark Hunt can knock him out. Yeah, me too. No question about it. Uh, Mark Hunt can knock any man on this earth out. Um, yeah. The, the big, the big thing that 
the big question for me is going to be, can Brock Lesnar get his hands on Mark Hunt? And I would have to say that at the end of the day, he can. Um, and I, I don't think – I think Brock Lesnar will, if he's smart, he won't even play that game. And he will charge across the ring, and he will double power double Mark Hunt and put him on his back. And if put him on his that, back and just and keep him there. That's and that's, keep him there. That's the way Brock wins that fight. That's the way yeah. he wins that fight. And pounds him out. That's the way he wins that fight. Now I'm sure Mark Hunt is expecting that, and he's going to train for that. But I don't know. Can you train for a guy like that? You know, you, you, that's going to be hard to do. It's, it's going to be hard to train for a guy who's been wrestling that long. It's not like he just picked it up one day in the gym because he was an athlete. Yeah, and we're not talking about a a 220-pound star wrestler. We're talking about a 280-pound wrestler with yeah. speed like a middleweight. Put speed like a middleweight at least in terms of explosiveness. I mean, I, I, you know, I think a lot of I think a lot of casual fans that don't care about Brock Lesnar and, and are rolling their eyes at the sound of his return are really underestimating the potential of how interesting of a fight this is. Even though it really has, you know, it has no bearing on standings. It has no bearing on. You know, it's not like if Mark Hunt knocks him out, he's going to get a title shot or vice versa. You know, this is basically a one-night-only attraction fight. But if you're going to do it, man, I mean, I think this is a good one. Yeah, I think it's exciting, man. You know, and Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt's always exciting. You know, when he, you know, when Mark Hunt's in there, he comes to fight, and the, that. You know that's basically why you watch, man. You want to see, uh, you you want to see two big guys throw down like that. And Mark Hunt, we know he's going to try to knock Brock out. We know Brock's going to try to put him on his head. It's your classic puncher versus grappler, right? That's what it's. Uh, you know, a lot of good matchups are, and you know, I'm pretty excited to watch it. I think it'll, I think it'll turn out well. One interesting thing to note that. Um kind of caused a ruckus about this fight was the potential of Brock Lesnar being exempt from the PED testing um, because of a clause within UFC contracts that says that when you're a new fighter, you're not, you don't necessarily have to have a, have a, but you're not subject to PED testing up into your first fight. Something along those lines. I forget the legalese that um, was reported. But um, it looks like all of that's kind of laid to the side because uh, Kevin I only reported that Brock Lesnar was, in fact, tested on Wednesday. Yeah. If he oh, failed. Oh, you saw this going to test him. Yeah. He failed? Is that what you If he fails. Oh, if, if he, he fails. fails, which yeah. which I don't think he will. I think I think they 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 made it out like this fight just came up or or his return just came up with like in the last 30 days. 
I don't believe that. No, no. Um, that that had to have been in talks for a while. Yeah, I think they started talking yeah. about that probably right around the time of WrestleMania, if not even sooner. And um, so I don't, I don't think he's going to fail. But I tell you what, if he does, man, this will blow up in everybody's face. WWE, UFC, uh, that could be the worst possible scenario for all parties. <laughs> right. Because WWE is supposed to be testing guys too, right? I mean, they're, 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 they allegedly have a, a, a stringent policy as well. Yeah. So I think that I think that only, I think that policy applies to anybody not named John Cena, Paul Levesque, and uh, Vince McMahon. Right. But, uh, anybody anybody who's uh, not not a top money maker, but who has to perform yeah. 300 days a year. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's what I'm talking. That's that's what I'm thinking there. It's not like you saw us going out and testing everybody in WWE, but you know it's like I posted. Somebody's getting tapped out. Somebody's getting knocked out. And somebody's getting usodded at USC 200. It's going to happen. Yeah, and I hope I hope not for the latter one. I hope not too. But yeah, I, I hope I hope nobody gets usodded. But you just you never know. You know, God. I mean, I mean, you know, banning BJ Penn because he used an IV. Come on, dude. Hey, I'm, you're not allowed to hydrate. It's illegal, you know. Why? Why not just tell them, hey, you can't drink water. You're not allowed to drink water, you, because you cut too much weight, right? I mean, that's. I mean, I don't know, man. It's. Just, I. I think the IV is kind of dumb. I mean, you know, if you're gonna regulate everything and tell them where you're gonna be at all times, so they can test you wherever, and whenever, then. You know, tell them, hey, look, I'm going to hydrate with an IV. I did a, you know, mock weight cut. Come and, uh, you know, come and make sure it's not tainted, right? Yeah. You know, I think um, I want to say that they're also making, you know, speaking of IVs, I want to say that they're making another adjustment to their their weigh-in policies. And I want to say that they are, yes, they are. They're now doing a morning of weigh-in. Yes. Morning of your fight weigh-in. And they, right. they did do that. They, and as a matter of fact, they did that this past weekend. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I was thinking about that. I thought, I thought the first time was going to be at 200. It was actually this past weekend. No, no they I did it that, with, uh, yeah, they did it with the last card Dominic Cruz fought on, yeah. I think that that's going to uh, that might clean up a lot of divisions in terms of people cutting massive amounts of weight. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Because if you do a morning of weigh-in, then you're gonna have you you don't have as much time to recover, and uh, you're not gonna want to be the guy who had to cut forty pounds in two days, or you know, thirty pounds in two, or something crazy like that. So. Yeah, it's better that way, and guys have to diet and do it correctly. It's probably healthier. Yeah, I think what I'm reading here is they're giving them morning of, they're giving them 8%. You can be 
you can be you have to be within eight percent of your fight weigh in weight of the night before. So Yeah. Right. I don't know. Interesting stuff. So, uh, I like it. I think that's I think that's awesome. I think it just makes uh you know for you know for healthier guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the funny thing in all of this is with all of these more stringent testing and more stringent weigh-in policies, but yet Reebok still gives the guys the shaft fight after fight, card after card. <laughs> and we, we, won't, we will never revise that one. Right. Right. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, that's a little ridiculous. Well, we give them clothes. Why should we give them money too? Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, right? UFC puts you back on the map and you can't even pay out a little bit. That's uh, it's, it's kind of horrible. Well, you know, I I think that's going to go away soon. I don't think that'll stay around for much longer. Either that or they'll negotiate something better. Get a bigger player involved or something like that. Yeah. I hope so. And and because I know that's one of the the big turnoffs for George St. Pierre to come back. Is not being able to get get his sponsors. And I bet it had a lot to do with Brock Lesnar. I'm interested to see if he has a Jimmy John's patch. On his uh, on his shorts, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I thank everybody for listening tonight. Don't forget to catch us this Sunday, 10 p.m. right here on Blog Talk Radio. Have a good weekend. We are done.